Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libsyn.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show. How hard is it to get back into Clark's character? Is it just kind of like first day? I snap in there so fast. I studied him so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I do this. I go, just as before the shooting begins in the day, Mm -hmm. 5.30 in the morning, I'm thinking, how's Randy getting into character like he cares? You know, he puts on an old T-shirt. I go, and I'm Clark. You know, I got it. I don't know what De Niro does. All I know is it works for me. It must be really strange. You spent probably a year and a half, maybe two years of your whole life being Clark Griswold. You know, when you really add up all the shooting schedules oh, sure. together and yeah, everything. Yeah. But I like him. You do? He's a good guy. You know, he's, his feet are not firmly planted, but at least they're based and rooted in, in, in the good things and caring about his family and trying to get it to work. Uh, he's a boy. He's eight years old, really, as I am. So what the heck? Uh, you got to have a little of something that, you know, I know De Niro, he might be a little bit crazy anyway. I think that's why he's able to play those parts that well. Is there yeah. even a little bit of Clark in you? I mean, well, There has to be. There has to be. What I, parts do you think, or would your wife say that? Well, I think my wife and kids would say um, my sense of direction, which is clearly a problem with Clark whenever he's driving. Uh, and um, um, sometimes, I'm not really physically clumsy. I'm a master athlete. And I can, and I make it look clumsy. Mm-hmm. But they might say I'm clumsy when I spill a few things here and there or trip. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's just because I can't see without my glasses. Welcome back to another episode of the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and today we are going to talk about one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. And I say this, and I mean it: Christmas Vacation, starring Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, and also co-starring Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie. Now, some of you may be hearing that statement and going, really? Christmas Vacation? One of the greatest Christmas movies of all time? No, it's not. Yes, it is. If you really go around and poll a lot of people, and I'm talking about a generation of people probably younger than probably 50, 60 years old, they will say that Christmas Vacation is among the movies they watch for Christmas every single year. That is no joke. I've done some research on this, and it is true. It has to be one of the best Christmas movies out there. Yes, it's zany. It's silly. But it's a National Lampoon's movie. It's supposed to be that way, right? And it is. And it worked. It's wonderful. It's cheerful. It has... Excuse me. All those elements that you would love to see in a film. And it's Christmas based. So you have Chevy Chase really going out there and giving us something special. in a performance as the Clark W. Griswold. And I don't know if they ever reveal what the W stands for. I'm not sure if they do. I might have to do more research on that. Clark W. Griswold. Walter? I don't know. I don't want to say because I really don't know. 
we might find out later on in this episode. Here we are, episode number 21 of The Actor's Room, 1989, this film came out. I remember it very clearly that my brother went and saw this movie the day we were putting up all of the Christmas decorations back in 1989. It was early December, I think. And I remember him just, I remember being jealous of him going to see this movie. Very jealous, and I couldn't wait to see it. And when I did see it, eventually, of course, I really did fall in love with it. Uh, Our family are big Saturday Night Live fans, and Chevy Chase was one of the biggest stars of Saturday Night Live in its beginnings. We followed his career um, very carefully, very closely, and one of the reasons why we went out to New York City to watch SNL Live was to meet Chevy Chase, which we eventually did. And we enjoy his films as well as this other comedy that he brings um, to the screen as well. And this is one of our favorites to watch during Christmas season, I have to watch it. And the one thing that does stick out to me is the writing in this film. And now this film was written by John Hughes. And if you're not familiar with John Hughes, and you should, uh, he is mostly known for his writing. And it's mistaken because people think of John Hughes and they think of Breakfast Club, which he directed. And he did direct a few movies, only a few. Now, here are the movies that he directed. Here we go. Let me, uh, let me find these real quick here. Um, these are the ones he directed. Uncle Buck, She's Having a Baby, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, and Sixteen Candles. Those are the only ones he directed. And I could have sworn there were more than that, but that's it. Now, here are the movies, and these are not all of them, but these are the ones that kind of stuck out to me. These are the the films that John Hughes um, wrote. Excuse me, I'm trying to... Like, you know when you have that thing where, like, you're thinking too fast and you can't catch up to your words. I have that problem sometimes. I'm working on it. Okay, these are the films that he wrote. All the Beethoven films. You know, with the dog. Uh, Made in Manhattan. All the Home Alone films. Flubber. 101 Dalmatians. Baby's Day Out. Dennis the Menace, Curly Sue, Dutch, and Dutch I love to watch during Thanksgiving. The Great Outdoors, Some Kind of Wonderful, Pretty in Pink, and Mr. Mom, another one of my favorites. He was just a fantastic writer, a fantastic artist. And I was considering doing him this week, but I don't think I had enough time to get it done. He is going to be a couple of weeks' work. A lot going on there. And also because we're doing a film this week, only the second time that I've done a film, it's going to be a little different. I usually highlight an artist, so I have a specific format, and I'll stray from that from time to time. But with the film, doing a little different. And uh, today, this week, we're going to start it off, sort of, with a pop quiz. If you know this movie well, this should be very easy for you. I'll give a couple of seconds in between the question and the answer. And if you know the movie well, you should be able to get it within the few seconds that I give you. So, you ready? Here it goes. Alright. In, in order to distract his family, what animal did Clark tell them he saw? A deer. What is Eddie's dog's name? Snots. What does Mr. Shirley call Clark? 
Greaseball. In the beginning of the movie, what did Clark and his family get stuck under while driving? A truck. When the Griswolds go hunting for a Christmas tree, what does Clark forget to bring with them? A saw. That should be easy. Okay, when Clark was trapped in the attic, what does he do to occupy his time? Watch home movies. Clark gets left behind when the family goes out. Where did he get trapped? The attic. What did Frances tell Ellen she had? Hemorrhoids. Clark's wife Ellen has a nickname for him. What does she always call him? Sparky. When looking for the Christmas decorations, Russ says that he can't find what? Santa Claus. Why can't Audrey see the Christmas tree when the family picks it out? Because her eyes are frozen. Who plays the female neighbor who hates the Griswolds? Julia Louise Dreyfus. Who cooked the Christmas turkey? Catherine. When does Clark decide to decorate... Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That was incorrect. I said that wrong. I will start over. When Clark decides to decorate the house, how many Christmas lights does he put out? 25,000. I didn't know that. I was the only one I didn't know. When I went over these questions, I pretty much nailed all of them except how many lights he had on the house. 25,000. I should have known that, right? And I, I didn't get it. The film was directed by Jeremiah Sheshik, and he is mostly a television director. This was his first big directing project, actually. Uh, he also directed Benny in June. The movie is based on John Hughes' short story called Christmas 59, the second vacation story to be published in National Lampoon's magazine. The first was Vacation 58, which was the basis for National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983. The Christmas story was printed in December of 1980. The label on the home movie reel that Clark finds in the attic is labeled Xmas 59, a further illusion. It is rumored that Chevy Chase was hard to get along with during pre-production of Christmas Vacation. Director Chris Columbus was slated to take on this project but said that he just couldn't work with Chase. Get another director, he said. And this is the only vacation movie that does not have the song Holiday Road by Lindsay Buckingham. This movie has four Saturday Night Live alumni. Julia Louise Dreyfus, Brian Doyle Murray, Randy Quaid, and Chevy Chase. Beverly D'Angelo improvised grabbing Chevy Chase's crotch when the SWAT team pulls up to the house. She later said she did it on only one take, on the off chance that it would make it in the film's final cut, <laughs> which, is, which is what happened. So God only knows how many cuts they had on that scene. It could have been 20 cuts. And the one take that she decided, I'll do something different, I'm going to grab his crotch, he, she does, and they use it in the final film. The cut, the final cut, they use that. It, it's so... It's so perfect. I'm glad that it worked out that way. I mean, it's plain to see. And if you've never noticed it before, when the SWAT team comes into the house, 
and they all tell him to freeze. She grabs his junk, and it's pretty obvious. And if you've never seen that or never caught that, take a look at it. She grabs it. It's so funny, too. It's almost like it looks like he's wearing a cup, like they were in on it. She's like, listen, Chevy, I'm going to grab you. So you may want to put something in there. <laughs> it's like surprising. <laughs> or grab, make you feel uncomfortable, whatnot. So I thought that was a nice little tidbit to put in this episode of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, also, this is the third installment of the Vacation movies. Uh, the first one being Vacation. The second, European Vacation. Then came the Vegas Vacation as well. Now, I remember seeing a vacation movie with just the Cousin Eddie character in it. I think it was another Christmas movie, but he was like in Hawaii. We had the DVD for a while. That was really horrible. And then, of course, the most recent one that came out a few years ago called Vacation. The newest one. Well, I guess um, those two movies had no association with National Lampoon. So I guess that's why they sucked, right? Now here we go. Clark is at it again. And this time, it's making the holiday of Christmas perfect for him and his family. He aims to get the big, beautiful tree to put in his comfy home. And before we go any further, I want to talk about Clark W. Griswold's home. The house they use for the movie. I always thought it was such a beautiful house. I love that house. I wish I had that house. Now, mind you, we moved a few years ago, like I mentioned before, and I absolutely adore my home. I love it. But there is something about that house, maybe because I loved that movie so much when I was a kid and I got familiar with the whole, how they moved around in that house and and all the rooms they had and how they looked and the even like to the drapes and things like that. I just loved everything about that house. Very cool looking, very classic looking house. And I'm trying to sort of do the same thing with my home, making it look kind of classy. And I'm sure it was one of those houses that's on a lot in Universal Studios or whatever, wherever they film this. And I'm sure it's just a prop house. I love it nonetheless. So anyway, getting back to um, talking about the film. Now, they're going out and looking for the tree. Even taking up an entire Saturday, they trek through the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere, and then discovering that he forgot a chainsaw to dig it out of the ground. So no matter. From the director's perspective, they were able to tear it out with their bare hands because you can see the roots from the tree, and they have it strapped on to their car. We see his neighbors outside, which was played by Julia Louise Dreyfus and Nicholas Guest, and they ask Clark, where is he going to put a tree that size. And Clark replies, well, bend over and I'll show you. And the look on their faces, priceless. The tree is too big and Clark ends up breaking windows when he cuts the wiring of the tree off. This produces Clark having to deal with ultra sappy hands the rest of the evening. The next scene shows Clark and his wife Ellen in bed that night and Clark is flipping through a magazine and having every page just stick to his hand and his fingers and he had the sap is so strong and I love that scene it's a great scene between him and his wife they're talking about how what they're going to do for this Christmas and the vacation and she ends up telling him listen my parents are coming too we're going to have your parents and my parents it's going to be a mess I can cancel this and Clark actually wants this he wants to have a big family Christmas 
So it's revealed at that time that Clark is willing to go the extra mile to give his family a special Christmas. And also, if you uh, will notice, the magazine that Clark is looking through on the cover is the director of the movie, Jeremy Sheshik. In the meantime of the film, Clark has made the decision to purchase an in-ground swimming pool to be installed for the family to enjoy that summer and for many summers to come. It is pricey, and the purchase has Clark nervous because he is depending on his annual Christmas bonus to cover the check that he just wrote. The grandparents arrive, and the bickering starts right away. I love how they're arguing about where they're going to park their cars. And you can see Clark is getting annoyed already. Both the grandfathers are yelling at each other about where their cars should be parked. And Clark's like, listen, I'll take care of it. Unbelievable. Just just go sit down. And he's already just thinking to himself, what have I gotten myself into? The noise inside the house prompts Clark to go ahead and tackle a project he always wanted to do. Go all out and decorate the house by putting up outdoor Christmas lights. I love how he's stapling all the connectors and wires and stuff into all the the roof, the shingles, and the and the gutters and everything like that. It can't be safe. And it's really not a very good idea of how to connect all of those lights to the house. But Clark has trouble getting all the Christmas lights to work. He just can't understand it. Now Ellen is in the house trying to figure out what's wrong and she flips a switch in the house and it activates all the lights outside. Clark is ecstatic and calls for everyone to come outside. Mom, Dad, you know, every kids, come on out. See the lights. He's, he's so happy. And Clark as soon as realizes that as soon as everybody comes out, the lights go out again. Why? Because Ellen turned the switch off as she left the room she was in. He loses it. He loses it so much. Now, you got to understand, too, he's been outside for days, nights, putting up these lights, and he can't get them to turn on. And when they do, and he has everybody coming out, they go out again. So he completely loses his shit and starts beating up all the ornaments and the statues outside, like the, the reindeer and a little Santa Claus, well, he starts pounding the shit out of him. And I guess what happened was Chevy Chase broke his pinky for real while he was doing that scene, and the director decided to keep going. And you actually see that scene. That is Chevy Chase in complete frustration because his finger hurt so bad. that You know, it was, it was real. And I really like that about, you know, finding out about things like that. And now the next time I'm going to watch Christmas Vacation because I haven't watched it this Christmas yet. I hope to do that soon. I'm going to think about that. And him smashing his pinky finger and breaking it. He said it hurt very much. I've broken about, well, I've broken my toe, my pinky toe, that little toe. I've broken that toe about, oh, God, like five times. And ah, that hurts. You would think it's just a pinky toe. But it really does hurt. So that was an interesting tidbit. So anyway, um, Ellen inside is standing there and then it dawns on her. She figured it out and she goes into the room and she she, uh, switches the lights back on and the lights come up and Clark's happy and all the the kids see the lights and the grandparents see the lights. It's a nice little moment and Clark is in his glory, right? 
but not for long. Because Cousin Eddie and Catherine show up, and that's a nice surprise. Eddie is now in Clark's home, and he is not happy about it. That's a honey of a tree, Clark. You real? Yeah, yeah. I dug it out of the ground myself. That a fact. Hey, hey, get out of there. Stop. No. No, don't worry about it, Clark. Little tree water ain't gonna hurt him. Before we left, he drank a half a quart of Penn's oil. Boy, when he lifted his leg the next morning. Whoa. <laughs> Eddie, if he drinks the water out of there, the tree's gonna dry up. Come on, out of there. It's not. Out, out, out. You get out of there. Come, get in the kitchen now. Get in the kitchen there and get you something to eat. Go on. He's cute, ain't he? Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear his short pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a word of warning, though, if he does lay into you, it's best to just let him finish. just can't believe you're actually standing here in my living room, Eddie. Mm. <laughs> Never thought the day would come. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Yeah. It's a crying shame the older kids couldn't make it. Yeah, I got the daughter in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. And the older boy, bless his soul, is preparing for his career. College? Carnival. You gotta be proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, last season he was a picture dust spreader on a Celtic world. He thinks that maybe next year he'll be guessing people's waiter barking for the yak woman. You ever see her? No. Yeah, she's got these big horns growing right out above her ear. Yeah, she's ugly as sin, but a sweet gal and a hell of a good cook. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. I also have to put this one in, okay? This scene in the mall where Clark is at the mall shopping for a present for his wife. And... What's standing on the other side of the counter? A sexy sales girl. And Clark, once again, cannot help himself. Can I show you something? Oh. I was just smelling, smiling. I was just blouse browsing. <laughs> for your wife or your girlfriend? What? What happened? <laughs> Woof! <sighs> I guess it wouldn't be any... <laughs> wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Woof, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out? Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> I say nipple. <laughs> uh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you? <laughs> I was just, uh, I was just looking at something for my wife. God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh no, no, she's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. She's history. And obviously she doesn't wear underwear. And there are plenty of 
shopping days left until adultery's adulthood, which is to say Christmas as a mule, mule log. Not a log, I don't have a log, but I mean, you know, just if I had a log, not in the sense that you think I said I did. <laughs> oh, good golly. Tis the season to be merry. Well, that's my name. Oh, shit. Eddie tells Clark and the family that they're borrowing the RV that they showed up with from a friend. But he later reveals that that's not the truth. He owns it. He had to sell the family house because he's broke and they're living in the RV. Clark offers to buy gifts for his kids and Eddie agrees and also gives him a long list of things to buy for Eddie. And isn't this a nice touch? He actually has a few gift ideas for Clark himself. Such a such a great great writing to put that in there. And it, when in the film, but one of the best parts is that you know Clark really is offering something very nice. Let's give Eddie and his kids a nice Christmas, especially the kids. And that was the main idea. They didn't want to have the kids wake up Christmas morning with nothing to open up. So Clark offers to give Eddie, listen, give me a list of things your kids might want. I will buy them for you. We're going to make it a nice Christmas for them if you're that broke. Well, Eddie, you know, I don't know, Clark. And yeah. and then he's like, oh, Clark, thank you. And, you know, there's a nice moment. And then Eddie reveals his list, a big Christmas list. I mean, there had to be about 50 things on there, including stuff for Eddie and Catherine. And then he says, you know, Clark, why don't you go ahead and give something yourself? You know, give something to yourself, something real nice. <laughs> Sounds like an asshole. And it works so well for Cousin Eddie. Randy Quaid. I mean, the the Chevy Chase Christmas vacation movie is great. Uh, the vacation movies, the other ones, are good too. But Cousin Eddie, without Cousin Eddie, they wouldn't be as good. That's for sure. The corniest scene in the movie is when uh, they're sledding. I just don't like the second half part of it when they're actually sledding. But you get some nice little lines when they're um, waiting at the top of the hill and Clark is spraying that special stuff that he has um, on the sled so it'll go faster. And Eddie reveals to Clark that uh, he had the plate in his head, which was a steel plate, replaced. Uh, and the reason why they replaced that steel plate is because every time Catherine would run the, um, I believe it was the microwave, he would piss himself and then forget who he was for a half an hour. Something like that. Great line. And then he also tells Clark that he shouldn't be going down the hill and risking anything because that steel plate that was removed was uh, replaced with a plastic plate. So if he were to fall and dent his head, it wouldn't look right. The part in his hair just wouldn't look right. And Clark's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Clark is concerned that his Christmas bonus check has not made it to the house yet. He's getting nervous. The family sits down to a nice Christmas Eve dinner. Well, they try. The turkey is mega dry because Catherine can't cook. Aunt Bethany put cat food in her jello. The dog snots, roots through the garbage in the kitchen, making a hell of a mess. And even Uncle Lewis burns down the Clark family Christmas tree. And when this happens, Clark loses control. He takes a chainsaw and chops down the tree in the yard. And in the process, it falls onto his neighbor's house, breaking their window. 
the new tree is up, and they hear a sound, and it's coming from the tree. There's a squirrel that leaps out, and then the whole family goes absolutely crazy. Batshit crazy. Why, I don't know. Uh, I guess John Hughes and those Canadians up there, John Hughes is Canadian. They must be petrified of squirrels. I don't know. I mean, uh, I see a squirrel and I really don't get that scared. But maybe it's different when it's inside the house because I'm not afraid of birds. My wife is. She's very afraid of birds. I'm not. I love birds. But one of the houses we lived in like 15 years ago, we had a chimney that the cap wasn't on very well. So we would have birds come down into our chimney and into our house. And my wife actually called me at work one time. This had to be around noon, lunchtime. She calls me up. She's like, Jeff, there's a bird in the house. you got to come home. I said, you got to be kidding me. I can't just leave. She's like, Jeff, I'm freaking out. Come home now. I'm not kidding. So I said, I'll get there as soon as I can. And, you know, she was freaked out. And I remember when I came into the house, and this had happened a few times, it was a little scary because you just don't know what they're going to do. That poor bird was petrified. It just wanted to get out of the house. So it was pressed up against the window. And it would just like flutter every now and then. (laughs) So it was a little unsettling. Because you just didn't know if it was going to attack you. Because they are defending themselves. They don't want to get hurt. And eventually I I got like a, a broom. And I just brushed it out of the front door. And that's the way the the Clark Griswold family... They just were scared of this squirrel. They couldn't just fathom the idea of being in the same house with this little tiny squirrel. What if it had rabies, I guess? Maybe. The dog finally chases the squirrel out of the house, leaving the house in disarray. And then everyone starts to leave. Clark says no. Nobody is going anywhere. We are going to have... A family Christmas. And when he says. It'll be the happiest. Hap happiest Christmas. Since Danny Kay. <laughs> oh wait. I'm sorry. The hap happiest Christmas. Since Bing Crosby. Danced with Danny fucking Kay. Something like that. And he says it so well. Chevy Chase. Is it you just believe him. The way he says it. It's, it's so good. And he's lost his mind. And finally. There's also a knock at the door. It's a messenger. He has in his hand an envelope. And he says, I'm sorry. I didn't see this envelope. It fell in between my seats. It's late. Here it is. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. So Clark is all excited. Things have been kind of bubbling up. You know, you got the family stuff going on. And he's really worried about this Christmas bonus. Because he wants to give his family a nice gift this Christmas. A swimming pool for the whole family to enjoy. Well, he finally has it in his hand. The envelope that he's been waiting for. So he opens it. And what's inside? A Jelly of the Month membership. Not the Christmas bonus. Now, this is what pushes him over the edge. And what we get is some of the funniest lines you will ever hear in a movie. What's wrong? Honey. (laughs) It's bigger than you expected? (laughs) Smaller? 
What is it? It's a, a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <gasps> oh, God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. I'm sorry, Clark. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? It doesn't get much better than that, people, does it? Nah, not really. And I thought I heard somewhere that uh, Chase improvised that dialogue, but I don't think he did. I did some research on this, and it looks like John Hughes, it was all him. Brilliant writing and just as brilliant execution by Chevy Chase. Now this prompts Cousin Eddie to give Clark a Christmas present of his own. You know, payback for how Clark and Ellen bought presents for his kids and to have a nice holiday. Well, Eddie goes out and kidnaps Clark's boss and brings him to the house. Now Clark is faced with his boss and tells him how disappointed he is that there was no Christmas bonus. The boss feels bad about it and is willing to give Clark an even bigger bonus than he expected. Wonderful news. Then the police show up and they're looking for the kidnapped man, the boss. Well, they come to the right place and they go excessively over the edge and breaking down doors and going through and smashing windows to get into the house. Uh, All it's explained uh, was a big mix up and a big misunderstanding in all is well. Until the Christmas star that they see outside isn't really a Christmas star. But it's the light from the sewage plant. And uh, the, uh, there's a light, uh, a match lit, and there's an explosion. And then it ends quite silly. I, you know, I understand it's a silly movie, but I really don't like the ending. The message is fine. I like the message. But seeing, uh, like, because of the, the explosion or whatnot... Uh, you see, like, uh, the the reindeer and Santa, like, flying through the sky, and they're all kind of looking up dazily, like, they're all stoned and everything, and and then the national anthem, I just don't like it. The, that's probably the, the sled scene, the second half of the sled scene, and then the very end, it, it misses the mark. It, it could have been so much better, uh, better done. I don't know if it was director that made it look kind of silly, Maybe. I just don't, I was kind of surprised that John Hughes would write something like that. And I think that, and I'm not speaking for him. Of course, he's passed. 
uh, I don't think he approved of those moments in the movie. They're just not John Hughes moments. I think that was put in by the director. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Actors Room. Doing a movie, uh, the only second movie I've done, and it's Christmas Vacation because it is Christmas season. And I thought it would be fun to do a Christmas movie. And this is one of my favorites. I might watch it tonight. I might put that in. And I hope you put in something fun too. I hope you had a great day. I certainly had a nice day today. It was a little busy at work this time of year. As As you know, I work at a college and it's finals week. So I'm a bit busy. And uh, just feeling a little stressed out today, um, having it be the holidays, a lot on my mind, but I'm okay. You know, gosh, by Wednesday, it's going to be so dead at work. I'll probably be bored for a few weeks, but I need it. I need to rest. I work really hard during the fall semester. It's coming to an end and I'm tired. Like I can feel it in my body. It's cold here in Cleveland. It's in the 20s now and uh, my body has to kind of get used to the cold. So I get achy my bones like yesterday they ached they felt the cold i don't know if you ever feel that well i felt that yesterday so i got a good night's sleep and uh feel pretty good today uh so you know it's monday night for me it's getting to be about like 7 7 30 in the evening i'm ready to sort of relax take a load off and i hope you do too hey you know what put your feet up tonight and now i'm gonna end this episode with some words from Beverly D'Angelo, who played Ellen in all the vacation movies. Well, I hope you enjoy this clip. Have a great night. God bless you. Have a good one. Clark, what's wrong? Honey. <laughs> it's bigger than you expected? <laughs> Smaller? When I think back about Christmas Vacation, the thing that amazes me was the cast. It was an incredible cast. It was Chevy, of course, Randy, of course. Johnny Galecki played Rusty. Juliette Lewis played Audrey. The biggest part of that cast, though, were the older actors. Because the actors that came on as the in-laws and the grandparents and Uncle Sands and all that kind of stuff were the real deal. And I attribute that to Jeremiah Chechich in his, in his direction and bringing in E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, Diane Ladd. That was really a special cast. I don't want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life snake. You know, when we shot the scene in Christmas Vacation where Clark turns the switch and finally does turn on the lights of the house, I know we were surrounded by artificial snow and it was about 80 degrees. And I remember thinking, is this stuff flammable? I think that, that, you know, the stress that I felt when I first wanted to like, oh, let's do the biggest Christmas in the world because I had kids. I think that Christmas Vacation is really about that. And it's about how everybody kind of has in the back of their mind, this is going to be horrible, but maybe it'll be great. And they do everything that they're supposed to do with that wish that it's going to be fantastic. And of course, in the Griswoldian universe, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. But we always persevere and we get there in the end through love. No matter what faith you are, no matter what brings you to appreciate the happy chaos of Christmas vacation, I'm wishing you a merry holiday season and I hope you enjoy every minute of Christmas vacation when you get a chance. Look at it. It really is beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? 
Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen.